So please, Avengers, don't sue us. We don't have money. <laughs> that stoners will be stoned. And then the car just floors it, and it's just... It gets, like, the hell out of there real fast. It crosses like a medium. Remember how I explained there's a difference between... Oh, haunted house scream, and a... I am about to die scream. Well... I believe that this is more of a I'm about to die scream. Michael kicks the door, the driver's side door open, hits the gun, she flips it around and blows her own brains out. I'm like, are you kidding me? No problem, Ryan Reynolds. Anything for you. Empowering herself with the power of penis. Yes, yes, it's very weird. If you are in a haunted house that has the walls covered with oil, that should be a red sign. This is a haunted house, not a goddamn O'Reilly's auto parts. This can only be one of two things. It's either a video game world, kind of like GTA, or it's Detroit. Yeah, when you turn on the serial killer that you were interviewing for your news reporting TV show, yeah, you're kind of fucked. Mazika makweyan, ogi inaga awan, ogi gamode mawan. Gitche windago, oka amajawan. Mi dash wewanishanojin, nenakazajin, meje do dagajin nojawad. Bago sendan, gawi misa wenamagos nak. O chikabowow. Everybody say pow wow wow and welcome to Tyler's Thursday Takes. Yeah, I don't know what that intro was. Anyways, today as you can tell by the title of today's episode, we will be reviewing the 2021 horror mystery thriller movie Antlers. It has a runtime of an hour and 39 minutes. IMDb has given it a rating of 6.1 out of 10 with a popularity of 464 and progressively going down. And in case you're wondering, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 59% on the tomato meter and a 68% on the audience score. So we're going to go ahead and dive on into this freaky deaky. I think it's Canadian. It says it's Canadian. Well, time out. I think it's in Alaska, but it's somewhere up north. And in case you're wondering, a little fun fact, the language that you heard just then was... Ojibwe, which is a Native American language. So if that gives you any insight, then uh, yeah, let's get right on into it. So the movie starts off, you start off with this kind of scene of this kid running along and you find out he's waiting for his dad and his dad looks a little rough, but he seems fine and everything. And I mean, it's nice enough to where they have this nice little interaction between the two. Dad, I heard something. Oh, yeah, what'd you hear? A noise. Oh, it's, it's just us working. Why can't I come in with you? Because I said so, ain't a place for kids. We're almost done now. Do not leave this truck or drive off with it. You hear me? <sighs> Don't put that in the glove box. I'll be right back, bud. Love you. I'll finish up and we'll go get your brother Lucas. Ah, oh, how sweet. He's talked to him and he's being real. Wait. Oh shit, he just handed the child meth to put into the glove department. Glove compartment. 
Yeah, I take back that he seems like a good dad thing. He doesn't seem to be too nice at all. He's very much in including his son in this whole drug thing. So yeah, daddy is a meth dealer. <laughs> but anyways, he goes into this mine to meet up with his meth dealing buddy because meth. <laughs> and as they're in there, they start hearing all these weird sounds until... Until eventually, the sounds kind of become a little bit more prevalent. So yeah, that kind of happened, and as you can tell, the clip's still kind of going on. It's just this is a pretty long clip, but the whole thing's kind of important. So right now you're listening to the truck, and we're looking at the kid. And remember how the kid was told not to leave the truck or drive off with it? Well, he does what all kids do. Roll credits. So yeah, kid walks into the darkness and we are given the intro screen of antlers. So it appears that the dad is now dead, and it appears that <laughs> it appears that the kid may also be dead. So now we open up on our secondary main character. Our secondary main character is going to be the teacher in this whole situation, and that is going to be Julia Meadows. And we soon find out that Miss Julia Meadows kind of had a rough childhood. So yeah, it appears that her her dad was abusive in quite quite a few ways, which you may be wondering why is that prevalent. It comes into this a little bit later on, and maybe the whole movie has an underlying theme of abuse, but I don't know, I don't think it's that deep. <laughs> so anyways, you hear that she's living with her brother, who is Paul Meadows, and it seems like she's moved back after some trauma and everything, and so now they're living together in the same house. But Julia Meadows, like I said, is a teacher, and she's teaching this boy named Lucas, who, as you heard from the other clip, Lucas is the son of the dad, who is probably dead, and the brother of the kid, who is also probably dead. And so, as they're, you know, kids and everything, they have to write these little stories for class, and, um... Lucas has his story, but it's interesting. <laughs> Will you read us a little bit? 
once there were three bears that lived in a dark and wet cave up above a small town. Big bear, little bear, and baby bear. Big bear used to take care of the little bears, but big bear got sick, lost his job, and his insides turned black. One day, Little Bear came home, and Big Bear and Baby Bear were different. Big Bear's sickness had gotten worse. Big Bear has become more angrier and meaner because they had no food, no meat. It's, it's very good, Lucas. But they had each other. Also, interesting little fact. I know you can't hear or you can't see it. Of course, you can hear it, but you can't see it. There were no picture. There were no words written down on those pieces of paper. It was strictly just pictures, and not very nice pictures, by the way. And so now, because of that you kind of get an insight to what this kid is doing and all that. And the teacher seems to be a little bit worried about it. You know how sometimes teachers take an extra incentive to make sure kids aren't being abused while well, she decides, oh, I'm going to follow him. And so she goes and, you know, checks up on him to see how he's doing. They go to the ice cream store and they have this little chatty chat, McChat chat moment. And then Lucas just absolutely just bodies her. And don't follow me this time. Damn, how bad do you have to be at stalking to where you can't even stalk the seven-year-old kid? <laughs> or I think he's 12. Yeah, he's 12. They, they say he's 12. Sorry, got the age wrong. But seriously, the 12-year-old kid knew that you were following him? Way to fucking go there, adult. You should be able to abduct kids and you can't even sneak up and follow one. Anyway, she gets the grand idea to go check out his home life and maybe talk to the dad and see why maybe the son is acting this way. But it doesn't... Let's just say nobody really answers the door. So yeah, she does the right thing. She turns around and gets the fuck up out of there, as everybody should. If you 
first off, she goes up to this house and the door just kind of opens on its own. If the door does that, turn around and leave. It's not because they want the warmest of welcomes to you. It's because something bad is probably about to happen. So yeah, don't ever, ever think that it's going to be a great idea to walk into a house that the door just magically opens for you. And so now... So now, the fact that she has gone to his house after he said, don't follow me because she's that bad at following him. You kind of see why the kid said, don't follow me, and why he's living in this situation. Because he starts cutting up this animal that he found out in the middle of the woods, puts it on a silver platter, even puts it in a little to-go box, takes it into the room that has like a railroad spike locking it and all these safety precautions... And you see why it has all these railroad spikes and safety precautions on it. So yeah, the dad's basically a zombie from Call of Duty. Like, he's just all (laughs) the entire time. And he's glowing and stuff, so he looks even weirder. But the the son, he looks sick, but he doesn't seem to be acting the same way that the dad does. The dad's, like, freaking out and everything. And so we go back to Miss Julia Meadows, you know, the terrible stalking teacher, and actually does something that a teacher should do and checks the kid's desk. And, you know, he has normal stuff like how to trap animals, a book about spirits, and his notebook that she sees everything that he's drawn in there. you get this his desk so yeah she takes all this and takes it to the principal and the principal's grand idea is i'll talk to the father whenever i get a chance bitch he's drawing pictures of dead animals and stuff like that this is you this isn't one of those things where you just go i'll talk to the father the next chance i get terrible teaching great example of our school system it's pointless (laughs) doesn't do anything So anyways, now this hunter's gone out into the woods and he's looking around and he finds the body and it's the body 
of the dad's business partner, you know, the meth business partner. And they take it to autopsy and they take it to the coroner's office to see what all is wrong with it. And it's like completely mangled. But the but the forensic scientist, I'm, I, I'm hoping that's what he's called, who's doing the inspection has some rather interesting insight as to what kind of happened to the body. Determining cause was virtually impossible. This has got to be an animal, right? No animal that I've ever seen. What's more troubling are the teeth marks on the radial bone. They seem human. And trust me, if you saw this body, it looks like it was killed by like a grizzly bear or something. So the fact that he says the teeth marks are human, really weird. But remember that situation that I explained earlier where if the door just kind of opens and how the teacher, same situation, just completely bolted? Well, the principal now shows up. Same thing happens, but instead of bolting, she decides to go into the house. And upon entering the house, she goes up to the door with the railroad spike and everything that is locking them out from everything and she opens it and there's blood and everything everywhere and she has a grand idea to go up and yeah i'll just let you listen to hear what happens So she just gets straight up eaten. She is completely gone. And literally not more than 10 minutes afterwards, the dad starts like convulsing and everything. And I guess he has what looks like, initially I thought it was tree branches, but it's antlers, doi movie title. But he starts convulsing and basically just, uh, just, just take a listen. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
So yeah, that did not sound pleasant. And basically, now we don't know what happened, but now the door is open, so we suspect that they could just leave. And as Lucas is actually coming home one day from school, he gets, of course, stuck with the kid that keeps bullying him. His name is Clint, so I call him Clint the Dick. Well, they're randomly out in the middle of the woods, and let's just... Uh, things do not go in Clint the Dick's favor. Hey, don't walk away from me when I'm talking to you. So Clint the Dick basically gets killed by what looks like to be a deer on steroids, at least from what you can tell. All you see is massive antlers. So he just gets absolutely destroyed. And now because of this, Clint's parents come to the school wondering why he's been missing, and the cops decide to go to Frank Weaver's house because they seem to think that he might be at the center of all this. And my detective fiance, wonderful girlfriend made a good point about this so she was saying they can't just go into his house without a warrant they're waiting on a warrant to be able to go in but just listen to this next clip and just i'll explain why this is important Frank, it's Sheriff Meadows. fucking place smells like death yeah there's something wrong here that, my friends, is what they call probable cause. So they have every right to go in and look if it smells like death. If they can use one of their senses to think that somebody might be in trouble, they can use that. And so basically, they end up getting the warrant eventually to go in and see that Frank's body has been completely opened up like a cocoon. They find the dead principal who's been eaten, and they see like there's footprints from the kid. And now... And they're completely stumped, like, wondering what's going on. And so the sheriff, Paul Meadows, the brother, decides, oh, well, maybe the old sheriff, Sheriff Warren, who used, he's, of course, Native American, he's like, let's go see if he knows anything about this. So, cue the plot point. This is what was in the mine. The Windigo translates to a diabolical wickedness that, uh, that devours mankind. According to legend, during a brutally cold winter, a lost hunter's severe hunger drove him to cannibalism. And after feasting on human flesh, he became crazed and transformed into an amorphous spirit that could take many forms and roam the forest for fresh victims. Also, my detective fiancé, future wife-girlfriend, is also Native American, but she has never heard the cannibal guy turning into a Wendigo story, so I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm putting a big old doubt on that, pressing X to doubt. So now, they decide they're going to take Lucas to the Meadows residence, 
and basically try to keep them safe. So the teacher's there with them, and Dan, the other officer's there to kind of protect them. And he feels like he hears something in the shed, so he, he goes into the shed and... Dan's not going to be responding to any radio calls soon because he just got speared by the movie title Antlers. <laughs> so yeah, he just gets absolutely destroyed. And the funny thing about this shed is everyone keeps walking up to it and the Wendigo just stands behind them and attacks them. Because the very next thing that happens is Paul shows up, walks up to the same exact way to the shed. <laughs> And the Wendigo's just spawn camping at this point. It's okay. Yeah, no, it wasn't okay. He got run up on. He didn't get stabbed like the other one, but he got thrown against the wall. He fought with it for a little bit, got stabbed pretty bad, but he's not dead. So now... Lucas is missing, and the teacher believes that they went back to the mine, because that's where Lucas was talking about. His parents, or not his parents, his mom died a long time ago, but his dad went there, and he kept saying that, oh, he's going to take us to the mine, and we'll be a family again. And so she goes all the way down into the mine, and just, holy hell, if you saw this thing, they did a great job on this thing, by the way. It looks really cool, but... Oh, shit. At least she shoots it. <laughs> and part of Mr. Warren's story was the only way that you can kill the Wendigos if you stab it in the heart, especially in its weakened state. Well, this Wendigo wasn't really weakened, but hey, Lucas comes up clutch and shivs it in the back, and instead of just stabbing it in the heart, the teacher proceeds to just cut its heart out. So let's go, the Wendigo is dead, they don't have to worry about it anymore, everything's gonna be just fine. 
until they realize that the younger brother was sick also. And it starts making like the little baby call for the Wendigo spirit and all that. And initially, the brother tries to stop the teacher from doing it. But let's go teacher talks her and talks the kid into letting her kill it and basically just walks up to the little like this kid is easily just like seven years old and it must be hard but they did the right thing I'm so sorry So, yep, they killed the Wendigos. And earlier, Mr. Warren Stokes, the old sheriff, was saying that the Wendigo spirit has to find another. Which leads to this really stupid kind of comment by the sheriff, which is the brother, saying that basically you have to watch out for him. It's not a fuck. It's not a family disease. It's not like it's passed down. It's not a congenital heart disease. It just moves back and forth to whoever, really. There's no real understanding to it. So this next clip is long, but it's important. And I'll explain why to you after the clip. It's like living with a tiger cub. You know what it's going to grow into. Why did that clip sound like it was skipping around a lot? Because it was an unnecessarily long clip and I wasn't going to play it the entire time. I saved you about five minutes of your life. But it was important that I played it to the end because he was like, you know what you're living with. It's a tiger cub and you know what it'll grow into. Bullshit. It's not how it works. But eventually somebody starts coughing and it's not the boy. It's the brother. And he starts coughing up the same kind of crap that the dad and the son were coughing up. So... Looks like somebody's a Wendigo, biatch. And basically that's where it ends. It kind of, it tries to pull a switcheroo on you because it shows that the kid has mud on his mouth, but it's it's just that, it's just mud. It's not the stuff that they were coughing up. And, and yeah, he basically pulled a fast one on him and it looks like the brother may have contracted the Wendigo spirit. So yeah, that is the entire Antlers movie that came out in 2021, rated R. I will go ahead and give my rankings on the acting, the plot, and the cinematography, as I do in every single one. 
And the acting, I felt, was really good. Lucas did a phenomenal job in this movie. Lucas did great. The dad did great. I feel like the acting all around was really good, especially by the main characters. The teacher even did a pretty good job. Like I said, they had sensible ideals. They didn't just do stupid stuff like the principal ended up doing. So yeah, I feel like the act... I, I believe that the kid... I'll, I'll give you the kid's name because he did really good. Like I just really want to shout him out. Jeremy T. Thomas, you did a great job, kid. Real proud of you. Keep it up. He did a great job. Now we go on to the plot. The plot was pretty much... It, it, it was different. I didn't think that it was going to be a Wendigo thing. I thought maybe it would just be a normal monster movie kind of flick, but it wasn't. It was actually pretty different. So props to Scott Cooper. Props to Henry Chison, Nick... And Tonoska and Scott Cooper again, they did a great job and kind of giving a story that I felt like wasn't too predictable, but it was still, it was still pretty good. It kind of had a nice twist, but it wasn't incredibly like M. Night Shyamalan twist. So, bleh. so yeah, it, I feel like the plot was really good. I felt like it wasn't predictable and I felt like it wasn't something that we see all the time. So I thought it was really good. Cinematography, they didn't do anything special. It has the production value of a 2021 movie. It looks very clean. It kind of gives you that... It, it feels really cold throughout all of it. With the kind of cool... It looks like they've shot in very cool colors. And it gives you that sense that you are in Alaska. Or that you are up north where this kind of originates. As I explained earlier with the Ojibwe. Kind of... It's a northern Native American tribe. And so that's kind of where it all comes from. And I feel like they did a great job on the cinematography and everything included. And I feel like they completely knocked it out of the park. So, with all thing, all those things granted, like I said, IMDb gave it a 6.1 out of 10. I will let you know, my fiancé, girlfriend, future wife was not too thrilled with this movie. I think she gave it somewhere around a 3 or a 4. I think it's better than that. And she can, she'll, she'll fight me on that if she wants to. But this is my show. I get the final say in it. So, in my opinion, IMDb gave it a 6.1. I don't think it's anything game-changing. I don't think it's, like, the next big movie. But I still think it was really good. So, I'm going to go ahead and give Antlers 2021 rated R 1 hour and 39 minutes. If you would like to spend the time on it, I would say it is worth it. Because I'm giving it a 6.8 out of 10. Like I said, I thought it was good. The special effects in this were insane. I thought they did a really good job. I, except for when the Wendigo wasn't front and center. But besides that, I feel like they did a great job. They made everything look nice. Man, the, the, the gore factor to it. They did a spot on job with it. So I'm going to roll with a 6.8. I thought it was really, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was world changing, but it's definitely a movie I would watch again. Heck, I might watch it again tonight. So there you have it. IMDb gives it a 6.1. I give it a 6.8. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 59 on their tone meter. So just barely over medium, but I thought it was pretty good. And my girlfriend, fiance, future wife gave it a four. So maybe she didn't like the Native American parts in it. Oh, SMH. <laughs> so yeah, I would highly suggest giving this a watch. Give it your own rating. Let us know. 
If you listen on Spotify, you can always answer the questions down below and let us know what you think of it yourself. Before we go, I'd like to give a quick shout out to Anchor. They have been incredibly helpful for us day in and out. We have made it so much easier for us to be able to pr- produce our po- our podcast and give it to you anywhere you want to, especially to those of you in Thailand who like to listen to it. Yeah, that's right. I live on this Thailand hill. <laughs> People give me crap about it, but it's my hill. It's our Thailand hill. So thank you, every every single one of you, whether you listen on Breaker, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can get it, Google Podcasts, Anchor has made it possible. And I'd like to make, just make a huge shout out to them for sponsoring this podcast and making this all possible. So before we end this podcast, allow me to speak to you in my native tongue. Uga shaka, uga, uga, uga shaka, uga, uga. I can't stop this feeling that I like the movie. God, what am I doing? Anyways, I will see you all next week. And remember, the Wendigo is always out there. And don't eat everyone. (laughs) See you next week, everyone. Is that dog shit? God, dude, that smells like ass. God. <laughs> what kind of dude? Put that in there.